You're listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we firmly believe that love is the answer and we are spreading it like wildfire. You're invited to come spend time with us in authentic connection, growth, reflection, and celebration. Life coach, author, and speaker, Abigail Gazda, will be sharing amazing humans living their hearts unleashed to inspire you to do the same. You will hear from men, women, and young people from all industries sharing their insights and inspiration as they have paved their way to their fullest lives. Here at the Hearts Unleashed podcast, we are turning dreamers into doers. So if you are ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. You are listening to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am very honored, privileged, and excited to introduce today's guest to you, Elena Valdez Chavaria. Did I do it right? Yes, it was ah! <laughs> awesome. You guys, so I have a that she's such a unique guest today because um, she's a dear friend. And the way that I met Elena is at our 10 day silent retreat, the 10 day silent Vipassana retreat, which I very detailed explain in episode 123, the launch of the uh, season three of the Hearts Unleashed podcast, and talk about all the breakthroughs that I had. But I mentioned Elena in that podcast about how we did not talk for nine days. And on the 10th day of this 10 day retreat, we were able to get to know each other. And lo and behold, for those of you who have been following me, you know, I've been learning Spanish, you know, I wanted to go to Costa Rica and find a Spanish translator for the giving up giving up the memoir of a quitter book. So we start talking and she tells me she's all of the things I've been looking for. <laughs> and so uh, that's how I personally know Elena, but she is also one of the co-founders of the Determined Art Movement, also known as DAM, which <laughs> I think is brilliant. And the purpose of DAM is to bridge art with equality actions in creating safe, brave spaces that facilitate positive community synergy. And I just think like, wow, number one, that's a mouthful. Two, that's such a mission. And I would love for you to share that. But before we start talking about your nonprofit, I would love for you to, to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit as well. Great. Thank you. Introducing yourself is kind of like a, this strange thing for me, especially because I think of time as this cyclical thing that moves and morphs and circulates and and we're constantly recreating ourselves. But I am originally from Mexico, Sonora, which is the northern state bordering with Arizona. Both my parents are biologists. So growing up, we traveled a lot. I got to live in Montreal. And then I moved to the U.S. to complete, to start and complete my university studies. And now I am in Oregon where I finished my master's and I kind of just stayed in a little town, Corvallis. And it's almost like a bubble. There's a very tight, um, beautiful community. And I've done art all of my life. I started when I was really, really young because my mother is an artist and my grandmother was an artist as well. And I think I did my first mural when I was really, I think maybe five or, or four. Oh. And it was in one of our home walls. And I think the reason that I'm able to do the work that I do now is, is really because I've always had people that kind of foster in me that sense of curiosity and allow a space 
space for exploration. And, um, and I'm also doing tattoo arts, tattoo art, um, uh, this now. <laughs> and then I'm teaching yoga and I teach art and yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Does that cover some general? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's perfect. You know, and I, I see here, I want to, I literally decided to read, um, your bio that your, your answer to when you, I asked you to kind of share who you are and you say here with certainty, I can say that I am still discovering who I am every now and then something, someone moves me. And then it's when I'm able to get glimpse and bits and pieces of my truth. An instinct of freedom and life guides me, and I portray in every dimension of different elements of my being. I gradually create myself. And I was like, what an artistic answer. Oh, my God. (laughs) And, you know, I just, like, your energy, who you are is artist and art. And so it's just, it's so fabulous to have you here and share that with, with the listeners. Thank you. Thank you again for having me. And you know, funny thing, that artist statement, Mm -hmm. I changed the very opening of it right after I got back from our meditation course together, the Vipassana, because Mm. before it used to say something like, I wish I knew who I am. Mm. And you remember that that was a recurring question. We were there like, you will know who you are. And yeah. even though, and of course, still the statement, it states that I am discovering who I am. And there's elements that, you know, have a big impact and impression on me, but it's no longer, I wish I knew, right? Like I know mm-hmm. that with certainty and I am recreating myself all of the time. Yes. It's so beautiful. And, you know, you've, you've said that you believe that art can heal. And I, and I imagine that in our healing, we continue to discover that which we are and that who we are. And so tell us a little bit about that perspective that you have. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's a lot of different approaches to art. I was having a conversation with some friends recently about what art means to different people. Mm-hmm. And it ranges from, you know, there's a whole spectrum, people that think that it's just, if you look at it from the academic context, maybe like an elective course that might or might not serve you, that it could count for credits, all the way to people that think that art is really another way to see God, if someone's spiritual, mm-hmm. right? Like almost like a channeling of, of how to recreate reality or how to provide a different perspective for something that we all perceive, but but there's there's shifts in how one might um, like internalize that or externalize it in the art. Um, I think there's definitely lots of information out in the world about how art has healed a lot of people, how it has like this cathartic um, aspect to it. I know um, I also did some work with another nonprofit here in town and they worked with um, veterans Mm -hmm. and reading their testimonies uh, as far as how it allowed them to kind of channel emotions and it allowed them to almost get into a rhythm of creation and getting out emotions that were trapped in th- within or suppressed. Um, I think ultimately too, is it's really a form of expression. And I think we often find ourselves navigating societies that kind of want us to push that aside, right? Like, so you need to always be presentable. And so being able to be your authentic self and express who you are and what you're feeling and what you want to get out to the world, I think it's also um, very important. Yeah. 
And I love that. And first, I was just like, great. And you brought in the aspect of people who may not consider themselves artists. So what would you say to somebody? Because I think that we have a wide variety of listeners. And what would you say to someone who makes the claim, oh, I'm not creative or I'm no artist? Right. Yeah. Um, I have... A while ago, I was teaching at an alternative high school here in town, and I think that that's something that we learn. And there's also, there's different ways that I could maybe like address that question. One also is that there is this counter narrative to you don't have to be good at something, quote unquote, in order for it to be good for you, right? Like you (laughs) can say, I like doing art. I like how it feels. I like whatever form of art that may be, whether it stands for music or painting. But beyond that, I feel like art is also so individual, um, right? Like I might be super into one specific, if we're talking about maybe like this beautiful watercolor, yeah. And maybe both you and I are looking at this piece and I might really appreciate it. And you may be like, well, you know, it's not, it's not really my thing. So <laughs> art is so subjective in that way too, that it's so individual for each and every one of us. And it's not really like you can, and I'm now taking it back to the context of institutions and academic courses, right? You can't really grade someone's feelings or the way that someone is expressing themselves. And I think really we've been, we've been, internalizing narratives that people impose upon us as far as like, you're not good enough for this, or, you know, this is not what we're looking for, try this other thing. And so I think it's almost like a reclaiming of what you want to do and who you are, and kind of taking ownership of that freedom to just create whether without having the fear of whether you're doing it right or not. I think innately, we are born with imagination, right? And we can Mm. shift and and move things and we're constantly creating, right? Like I think of art as everything, the way that you do your bed, the way that you dress yourself, the way that you prepare your food, maybe like you are super into coffee like I am and the whole process of making coffee is like the ceremonial thing at whatever point in the day you decide to do that. So that's my long answer too. <laughs> to, oh, well, yeah. it's every, you know, everything that you write and comes out of your mouth is like art too. So I just, <laughs> I'm like sitting here listening, like shaking my head and I hope the listeners are picking up on it too. And, and, you know, you were talking about it being so ceremonial and so special to each person. Right. And I, I really love that because for me at one point in my life, that looked like uh, sketching like paper pencil sketching. And then at one point it looked like scrapbooking. And then sometimes it looked like being on a basketball court, but it always felt like an expression of self and right beyond that, you also talk about the importance of giving ourselves opportunities to celebrate. So there's the self-expression, but what about self-celebration or art being a means of that or, or, you know, how does that, how do you see that? I think, right, I haven't done a lot of introspection and, and I say this after we've gone to our meditation. But <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think I could differ. <laughs> But there's just so much, right? Like if you go inside, you can just keep going and going and going and going. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Part of the whole celebration aspect to life and how I approach that, I think, has a lot to do with my culture and my background. So like Mm. in Mexico, really, I honestly believe that we look for any and all and every reason (laughs) to celebrate. 
celebrate. <laughs> yes. And when it's someone's birthday, you'll start celebrating like days before and then the day off and then days after. And it's almost like you're looking for any excuse to bring people together to kind yeah. of share space and conversation and dishes and music mm -hmm. and dance. And, and so life should be a celebration too, mm -hmm. right? We're not guaranteed anything really. And so I think, and, and, not, and the, I don't want it to sound like patronizing, like, oh, look at the beautiful things all the time and right, like be happy and joyful. Yeah. I think there's time for everything and there's, and there's rhythms. And I'm th I think of, of movement as in maybe like waves and water that mm -hmm. flow. Um, but I also, but yeah, I, I do think that it's a beautiful thing to celebrate and, and to find reasons or make up reasons or discover, right? Even yourself every day, um, as a new person, every minute changing, evolving. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, th I think that's so cool because that's come up, you know, reasons to get together, reasons to celebrate and reasons that like, could also be grieving together mm -hmm. or as we're in these different times and things are changing and transforming constantly realizing our connectedness even when we're apart and i know that you really value collectivism and i think that that comes through in the conversation around art but you do have that value around collectivism tell us a little bit about what that means to you and what that what that could really mean like what we can take away and take into our lives I've always thought of, I think in Western culture too, we think a lot about accomplishments and success. And I can't even tell you how many family members I have that are constantly asking me like, how can I help you to be successful? Just because I don't fall into your typical, right? Like box of what a woman my age should be doing or where she should be at or mm -hmm. where I should place all of my energy and values and time. Um, but I'm derailing. <laughs> oh, no, I'm writing a note to have that conversation. So you just keep going. <laughs> but so collectivism. So this I was saying because I, I have a really hard time believing that anything that we accomplish is ever isolated or an individual success. I yeah. truly believe in community. And I think that we find support systems in a lot of different places and potentially a lot of different people. And I'm thinking whatever example, right? If it, if you, if I wanted to take it to maybe like masters, right? Like a master's program and everyone's like, oh, you complete, but it's not, it's not me really. Or even the art, the art is not me. Maybe I'm channeling something, maybe it comes through me, but it's everything and everyone. And I think of, of this web that, mm -hmm. that builds together and in our work in the nonprofit, so that's individually, but in the nonprofit, uh, we focus a lot on community there too. Mm -hmm. And again, there's not, and I think even now, right in these times, we are seeing how much we are connected and and you can look at it from whichever angle i also appreciate looking at it from the spiritual angle and i think a lot of people say mm -hmm. right like you are my other me mm. um, i am a reflection of you uh and and that is i firmly believe that i i really do um and and i think there's beauty and and it's important to know that and to carry yourself with that knowledge that we are all connected um we are all one yeah 
I love it. I love it because um, I'm very present to the community aspect with your nonprofit. And before we go into the nonprofit, I definitely want to go backwards into that conversation about where a woman should be at your age, because I love it. And, you know, with Hearts Unleashed, I share a lot in my book or in the podcast and especially in some of the personal episodes, how, you know, being divorced has jolted my belief in the order that things should go. And I think it's an important conversation because you're a successful woman, you're a self-expressed woman, you're confident and powerful and very likely in your culture, in your life, and even in America would be expected to be married with children by now. What do you, what do you have to say about all that? <laughs> well, I mean, you nailed it. That's exactly it. I think even in, in Mexican culture. Well, really, quick question yeah. too. Do you mind sharing how old you are? I'm going to turn 30 in May. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, of course, a una mujer like a woman by thirty should yeah. be married, should have kids. I should potentially maybe even be tending to our home rather than I've had. I've, I have people that I keep in my life and I appreciate them a lot and I love them and they've probably seen the stages of how I evolve and how I transition and move and they also know my patterns right like what has remained constant yeah. and there's a saying in Spanish that says like pata de perro which is the leg of a dog and essentially it's saying tienes una pata de perro that you're constantly going from one place to another you're not put you're traveling you can't stay still mm-hmm. and to to a lot of people that might seem like something negative because I'm not settling down and I don't not establishing roots it might also feel like I'm I don't know like I can't commit to maybe but I have a lot of strong commitments in my life but it's just the 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 classical narrative of what I should be doing by the stage or what I should have accomplished um and I think in one I I think at first that bugged me a lot navigating that conversation um, because it's, and especially when it comes from family members, (laughs) right? Like, oh, this or, 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 and oh gosh, and like Latinx culture, right? Like where's the the boyfriend too, which is also an assumption, right? Like it should be, if I'm a woman, I should be, right? Like attracted to it. And then the religious aspect to it too, is just, it's loaded and we could go and (laughs) and there's layers and layers and layers of expectations. Yes, totally. And, you know, it's it's kind of bringing up for me one of our traditional questions on the podcast is, what have you had to give up in order to have the life? Because it sounds like the life you're living is one that you absolutely love and you are proud of. So what have you had to give up in order to create this life? Mm, I feel very privileged in saying that I don't think there's anything that I have given up. I feel mm-hmm. very lucky. I think I've had, again, a very supportive community that mm-hmm. that is kind of like that has my back. And mm-hmm. whenever I say, well, this is what I want to do, or this is a decision that I'm making, or I want to shift gears and maybe go this route. And I've always had a lot of people that support me in that decision. Mm-hmm. And and I, that's the thing. I don't feel trapped and I don't feel like I've lost anything as a result of choosing this life. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm loving these answers because it is to be able to realize it's not a trade-off is really fabulous. It's that and or um, the difference between the and or mentality and the both and mentality. Like you really can feel so full and, and experience having the life that you love. And so what an inspiration. I'm so excited. So tell one more thing I wanted to remember to bring back is tell us your experience at the Vipassana retreat. Oh my gosh, Elena, I recorded a 90 minute episode about the Vipassana retreat. So tell us a little bit about your experience and maybe someone who might be considering this 10 day introspection. Yeah, I learned about Vipassana and, and you told me this you're like when the universe right like you get little taps from the universe and once you've yeah. gotten like three it's more than enough like if you are hearing <laughs> something and that's the third time that it's been brought up by someone or something you need to pay yeah. attention to that so it kind of happened that way for me too and mm-hmm. I did have a chance to to talk with the folks that did Vipassana before oh. me and kind of like exchange what our experiences were like. And so I think first and foremost, it's important to know that it's going to be a very individual experience. It's not like I can share this is what it was for me and it's probably going to be for you. I think it it shifts a lot from one person to another. Uh, Another thing too, I think when I said, right, like doing introspection, I think everything in most everything, I I don't believe in absolutes um, or if I do it for very few things, but most everything in life is almost like this outward like output of of things or energy or work or investment right like you're expressing outward you're working and so we don't often have the opportunity to go inward and I think that's so valuable so I when I came back I was telling everyone you should do this you should do this I think it's really great um I I don't necessarily think that it's going to be easy or pleasant for, for everyone right like it's you're gonna be uncomfortable and the level of that of, of how uncomfortable you're going to get, I think depends on, um, on who you are and what stage in life you're in. Um, another thing that Guenka said, it's almost like a surgery, right? And so mm. it is, so you're going to open wounds. And that's another thing What I think when I say that it's individualized, you might have some really, really deep wounds and maybe, and so you can't compare to somebody else, right? You might be you might have to deal with something that might be really challenging and might bring up up a lot of emotions. Um, And it's hard work, but I think it's also really valuable work. I loved it. I wish it could be something that I could do recurrently. And I think it's almost like it was just the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so much still. Um, Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. And you're, you really hit a lot of the most important points about how individualized it is and the way you could just go in and in and in forever and continue to find more things. But wow, it's, it is a phenomenal experience and highly recommend it for anybody. Um, what about, is there anything you'd love to say to somebody who is currently, they're becoming curious about introspective work, you know, because like Hearts Unleashed is about helping people kind of trigger transformation, meaning they're interested, but they maybe haven't dove all the way in. And I feel like the Vipassana retreat is, it's not for anyone who's just to dabble. It's a, it's a kind of a, it's a commitment. <laughs> and so what would you say to somebody who may just be beginning their journey, but are very interested in continuing growing? So the way that I approach things in life is like full on, full force, head on, you know, like, um, 
So, so even the curiosity, even something small, once, once it's present, once I feel it or I have it or I see it, I, I kind of like invest myself in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's almost, I don't want it to sound like cautionary, right? Like be careful because it is really heavy work that you're going to be doing. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I, I also feel like it's something that anyone and everyone should do. So my yeah. response would be, why not, right? Like if you have the resources and the time and you can do this, why mm-hmm. not spend 10 days on yourself, for yourself? Just totally, that's going to be what you're going to be focusing on, Um and even if it's just a small curiosity, I, that's again when I think, when I said that it's the tip of the iceberg, there's so much to it. And I think that's also why so many people keep going back because yeah. it's not like you've done it once and you're done, right? Like, or right. I mean, maybe, <laughs> it depends on your experience, but, but there's so much that you can still discover. So yeah. I think there's no there's nothing to lose if you try it. And going into it, knowing that it's going to be, challenging work but yeah. if, if you know that and you're even just slightly curious I don't see why you shouldn't do it yeah I love it I love it <laughs> just go <laughs> yeah. heck yeah so um thank you for sharing your experience thank you for sharing some of your life and I'd love to hear how exactly your life how you got involved with co-founding a nonprofit. yeah so uh it started when I moved to Oregon to do my master's and the whole program had a very strong focus on social justice work. And mm-hmm. I think I kind of have been in that social justice, maybe should be right, like a whole, the focus of an entire or man, many podcasts. Um, I was just going to say, like, I want to talk about the nonprofit, but I, I know how passionate you are about social justice. So I thought maybe we could actually lead from there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> um, so, and I think for instance, for a lot of folks, and and that's like a, a conversation that I that I not struggle, but I'm always very mindful about how I approach it because there's different levels of um, like everyone has privileges and we all have our own walk of life and our baggage and our background and um, and a lot of people don't get like right like if I'm saying oh it's this program that focuses on social justice and people leave that reality right so it's almost like how you're taking this and how oh, I'm gonna study about you know equity and, and and that's good yes but there's different narratives and different stories to that same important mm-hmm. thing that's bringing us together and it's the work to towards equity and so my parents did a lot of work in that I said dealt with like the environment mm-hmm. so a lot of efforts in natural conservation and working with um, indigenous people in mexico who face a lot of challenges the government's not really supportive there's a lot of um like demand for land and and that's everywhere right so like mm-hmm. land taken away and rights taken away um and a lot of abuse so i grew up in the context of social justice as it related to the environment and then when i came to do my master's here it had a really strong focus on people even though again they're all interconnected you can't isolate one case from the other Mm -hmm. um and so but i've always done art so i wanted to bridge that and connect that and so we did a collective mural at the centro cultural cesar chavez at the university and the way that we approach the designs for a mural is really by letting the community pick and choose and bring forth what 
it is that they want to communicate to the greater audience, right? Like what is important to you? What do you want people to know? It's almost like, and murals have a long history of doing this. And that's why I also struggle with art because as an artist, I love the work that I do, but I kind of like stay away from, for instance, and, and not, I'm not like throwing shade at that or anything, but like, <laughs> like galleries, right? Like art has also been very, there's this elitist part to it too, right? Yeah, like only totally. certain people have access to certain kind of art. And, and, and so murals kind of just like break all of that down. And they say, this is public space and everyone walks through this space and everyone sees it and it's from the people for the people. So, mm. so that's what I find really beautiful about mural work. And I think there's almost like this new wave of murals um, within different country, countries, but I think in the U.S. too, like it's almost like become this pop thing now, right? Like if you go to yeah. Portland and you see it everywhere, or, or totally. um, big cities that are bringing it back. Um, but so, so anyway, <laughs> as you can know, I, I well, I love it because you're spot on. Um, I really enjoy Venice. Abbott Kinney Boulevard is so great for some of that, and it's really refreshing to see because it takes you out of uh, like a monotonous type of reality and takes you immediately brings you into the neighborhood that you are actually in. And so I love what you're speaking to because I can, I'm, I have goosebumps on this end listening to you speak about it, but just keep going because I'm, I'm so related. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, thank you. But so anyway, so yeah, so we did this collective mural for, it was part of my thesis project. And of course the, what I wrote was mainly like, I also think of, of I have issues with institutions and, <laughs> and education, like the, the, the public education system or any education system really. And I think it's, it's difficult because it's not like you can point fingers and say, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is not working. It's, mm-hmm. I, I see the challenges and I know that it's not this like one solution that's going to fix it all. But yeah. again, it's so outdated to what we have currently for for education in the public sector. So all this to say that during my master's, I think there's value to in knowing, right, like being able to have a master's and to go to the university and study this. But now I don't want to do a thesis work that is, again, for for some very like small group of people that will read this and, you know, like dissect it and have these intellectual conversations. Like I wanted to serve to serve my community. I want it to be something that my people can relate to and can read and can use and can maybe re-implement in whatever way they want to. So um, so I focus a lot on, on the community. And then from there, we got a really strong group of folks that wanted to continue that work. And that's how the nonprofit started. So we did that mural. We kind of like all stayed together. And then we we founded the nonprofit. And a lot of the projects that we have are really just by request from the community. So if someone wants to do something with a specific program or a, a population, right? Like, um, so, so then they reach out to us and then it's, it's a conversation. It's a, almost like a dance, right? Like, so we are here facilitating, but what is it that you want to depict and why, what's the importance of where you're going to have the mural, right? Like mm-hmm. location too, because there's all this history. And I think the other beautiful thing about murals is that it's layers, right? And, and when you think of architecture or a building and the layers that mm-hmm. have been there before you because that's something that we face too right like a mural it's not gonna it has a very strong um like 
it, it's a permanence to it. It's there. Yeah. It's on. It's on a wall. It's physical. It's not like this, this painting that I can pick up and move and take somewhere else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit more difficult. So, so there. Of course, the space that you're going to create the mural in is also really important. Where is that space, and who are the people that live there, and why is it important to have it in that location, mm-hmm. and what has been there before, and then what will be there after? And of course, when you do like reconstruction work of murals and how you can see the layers of how something evolved and or how someone retouched it or so I think that's also really beautiful but anyway so long story yes (laughs) oh I love it because it's so thoughtful your answers are so thoughtful and just like the way that you are is so thoughtful I because there's I want to highlight the undertone of any of your answers is this the passion and commitment behind your being and your your being an artist and and the what you do and the social justice and like just the way that you marry all of it. And speaking of marrying all of it, you also have this kind of transcontinental vision as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah. So we started after after we completed that that mural at the Centro Cultural Cesar Chavez. We were a, a group of of community members from town, and then also students, which come and go, and, and right like they might have come here to Oregon State University to complete a certain program, and then they finish, and so they might go back or move elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But we have such a strong connection that then it's almost like you have folks that are representing the nonprofit wherever it is that they are in the world. Mm. So we've done murals, transnational, and, and well, I get really excited. It's almost like my mind is going super, super <laughs> Keep it like going. Um, but so then it's, it's this transnational project that we have. And the, the one that we're working on right now, it's called El Rompecabezas, and that means the puzzle. And it's um, different puzzle pieces Uh, specifically situated in small communities, but they all connect at a global level, right? And you can Mm -hmm. view them digitally. So we have, um, the first one was El Corazón, the heart, and it's also in the OSU campus. It's at the Student Experience Center. And then um, one of our members, Shivangi, she lives in in Delhi in India. And we did a mural there over the summer for the El Rompecabezas, the puzzle. And And it's like this bigger picture that starts coming together um, from from small parts. And the thing about that particular project is that it's reflecting, again, talking about connectedness, right? So there's this term, um, it's it's local, so like globally local, right? So you're thinking, <laughs> you're acting at the local level, but you're thinking globally because it can you can't separate the two. And so when yeah. we think about the values or the messages that we want to convey in those pieces, we want to make sure that it's something that works at that local level. Yes, I love it. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, I, I think I'm curious like for myself and for communities that I'm passionate about is could people register to have a music? like be part of the puzzle yes 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 <laughs> tell us more <laughs> well we have um we have our, our our website and then there's a section there where where people can connect with us we have our facebook our instagram account we have a twitter that's not super active but so we try to be in different platforms in order to to reach like a, a greater audience and um i think what has happened in the past is somehow there is a connection right so someone that knows someone that knows us or they've heard about mm-hmm. us and they reach out and they say hey they almost like pitch the idea, right? Like, this is what I want to do. And then we work with them. And, and I think um, 
all of the work that we do in the nonprofit is volunteer. So whenever we are um, grant writing or fundraising, it's really to to kind of like be able to have allocate funds for those projects where someone might reach out to us and they don't necessarily have the financial backup to sustain the project that they want to implement or a program. Mm -hmm. um, we do a lot of work with youth as well. Um, yeah. So it's almost just, please, yeah, email us and, um, and let's get the conversation going. Yeah, and we'll make sure to do all the linking in the show notes. So then just to clarify too, because so someone could apply for like to be a part of, and how do you say that the puzzle project? Because you, I love the way you just integrate the Spanish. It's so eloquent. El rompecabezas. <laughs> so then someone could ap apply for that or they could actually just reach out to you saying hey we've got this brilliant mural idea but we're not artists and we don't know what we're up to but we know we want a mural and can you help us yeah yeah okay. exactly yeah good and, does this sound like that <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it goes and sometimes too murals here's the thing like murals are gosh and that's a beautiful thing about them i think one, yes, it's fascinating to see the final, like, I think of it as like culmination point, right? You see all the work, all the hours, all the time, the effort that people put into it, and you are able to appreciate it, and it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. But something that I truly, truly, really value as well is the time that you're able to spend with that community. Like, that mm -hmm. to me is just, that's where it's at. Yeah. Um, and so whether it's a mural or whether it's some other art project too, a lot of our members are kind of, there's this like, multifaceted right like we there's people that do like graphic design or people that do dance yeah. or people that sing and so even if it's something like hey I love art I have this this group of folks that right like first we did one in, in Ecuador and it was a, a, a young group of kids that um that love to bike around town and and the the group for the kids that were biking was set for them so that they had a way to kind of like come together in the context of childhood because the reality in a lot of Latin America is that kids start working from a very very young age mm -hmm. and um and just so that they can also reclaim that hey I'm also a kid I like to have fun I like to go out and just be with my friends so that was already a group that was established and they reached out to us and they said hey can we make a mural with these kids and so really it's 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 totally open for for whatever people want to do and mainly we just come in and facilitate and, and start the conversation as far as what like really pinpointing what it is mm -hmm. that you want to do or what you want to get out of it that's so cool because i feel like in a sense i mean it's like a full service in the in the in the sense it's like someone can come to you but you ultimately have like the creative energy that you bring the creative like direction and then the actual facilitation and i remember you telling me at the retreat that you even do some you really help to make the participants the artists like doing even sometimes like a paint by number sort of project oh. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's something so empowering about saying like, I'm going to pick up this paintbrush and I'm going to paint on a wall, right? Because we, <laughs> we, like, it feels like most of our lives, we are told not to do that. Like, don't yeah. touch this wall, don't touch this building, like keep it pristine and clean and nice. Um, yeah. So it's almost like reclaiming like, hey, I can do this. And of course, yeah, so we, we really make it so that everyone and anyone that wants to can participate in the process. Yeah, I really like that little, that like subtle, you can break the rules kind yeah. of idea because, right, you're just teaching them to kind of paint outside the lines and that, you know, everything you were told may not be the solid truth and you can start to explore and expand. And so I love 
that you bring that to the to the concept so it's beautiful and so i imagine that we're going to have some listeners who'd love to reach out to you so um what's your website i'd love to have it in the show and then we'll of course have it in the show notes yeah our website is determinedart.org determinedart.org and that is for the determined art movement also known as dam <laughs> what did you guys joke about do the damn thing or say <laughs> yeah, is it? right so for instance when we were working with the university i think they feel like various because we were like oh yeah we're, we're gonna have our damn meeting or let's get a hold of our damn members they're like oh my god like are they angry <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's really fun to just play with it and yeah. yeah yeah oh that's so glad and i'm so glad that you're doing the damn thing it's really beautiful <laughs> it's really inspiring and it's just such an honor to know you and get to share your brilliance. So, and then you guys, I'm super excited because although we're not necessarily doing an art project, uh, Elena is going to help us translate the book, Giving Up, Giving Up, The Memoir of a Quitter into the Spanish version so that we can continue. And she's going to help me. She's going to help me learn Spanish fluently. We're going to go on a trip and we're going to figure all this out. But I'm so excited to be continuing to grow with you and have you a part of what Hearts Unleashed gets to offer as well. So just thank you for, for you being someone who does love your heart unleashed. Mm, thank you. Gracias. Yeah. Yes. Gracias, muchacha guapa. <laughs> I'm so uh, excited for everything. Yeah. So thank you for being here and listeners. I hope you got exactly what you needed to hear today to feel just so inspired, ready to go create your movement to express yourself and celebrate yourself. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you loved the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, head over to heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.